Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Stars. I am so excited today. What better Leadership Stars to inspire you to achieve leadership and greatness than the visionary and award-winning founder of the 22-year-old International Women's Presidents Organization. Today we have Dr. Marsha Firestone, who has dedicated her life to supporting women leaders and accelerating the growth of women's businesses on the show. So I want you to be prepared to be informed, to be empowered, and to be impassioned by this powerful woman. Welcome, Dr. Firestone. Thank you, Linda. It's really a pleasure to be here. And we're delighted to have you, needless to say. Dr. Firestone, would you tell our audience a bit about your background? In other words, how did you get to where you are today and what you're doing today? Well, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama, believe it or not. Um, And uh, I was uniquely aware that I wanted to move on from Mobile as soon as possible after I graduated from uh, Sophie Newcomb College, which was the girls' part of Tulane at mm. that time. Um, it's no longer a part of Tulane. It is, it is, uh, it is the girls' uh, representatives of Tulane currently. Okay. Um, so I uh, was um, very uh, aware that De- Mobile did not offer that much to... Uh, women, nor to people in general. In fact, there was a media study done of 85 cities in the U.S. and about uh, 25, 30 years ago, and Mobile rated last in every category. Oh, Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) And you got out, right? I got out, but I have to say, I'm not criticizing Mobile because... I was able to learn some very important skills in Mobile and interpersonal skills in Alabama were very important. Mm -hmm. And so I was able not only to get out, but to um, leave with something that really was, uh, I was going to use the rest of my life. Um, And that's the interpersonal skills. Um, People ask me what motivated me and to start WPO, the Women Presidents Organization. Mm-hmm. People ask me um, what in me made me feel the necessity to do it. And I realized that, um, and this is going to sound really terrible, but my mother was a very traditional woman. And although she was in business with my dad, she did not think that women should really work. And when I used to ask her why my brother could go out and play football after dinner, she would say, you have to do the dishes because you are a woman. (laughs) That was not a just um, decision on her part. And it really motivated me to want to seek equality for myself and for women. Mm-hmm. In general, for women in general. 
That's that's fantastic. So you're very passionate about working with especially top women leaders. Why those particular women? Well, I believe that entrepreneurial women um, are able to um, achieve a lot more than you would expect our corporate women. Um, Media often discusses... um, extensively how corporate we there are very few women in corporate leadership positions that there are very few women in uh, corporate uh, senior offices and I like to say that the great equalizer for women I believe is owning your own business mm-hmm. as it is there that you can have more control of your time more control of your compensation more control of influence in uh, on issues that it is a place where you can choose to make the decisions that really are better for you. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that, um, for example, in the Women Presidents Organization, our members pay themselves, 75% of our members pay themselves um Six figures. Mm-hmm. And that is not true in general. <clears throat> That's very true. Um, do, Dr. Firestone, do you find that there's sort of this gender heritage that you talk, <coughs> spoke about your mom saying that you shouldn't work um, and that you know you had to do the dishes, that your place was really in the home and not necessarily outside of it? That's, you know, I found my mom wasn't quite, she worked outside the home. So, um, her sense was you you can be a nurse, you can be a teacher, or you can be a, t- uh, um, a secretary. Um, and that was her role. Uh, and I went, I want to do more than that. I want to be bigger than that. I want to have more responsibility than just that. And yet, you know, there's this sense of you have to know 100% of the job and the issues. You, you're supposed to be perfect. Um, you are generally in the background or as many are told you need to be at home um, barefoot and pregnant Um, so how do you fight that um, gender heritage by choosing some role models who can illustrate to you and others that you can there there is the possibility that women can be successful Mm I I did not have many role models in Mobile of women in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did take uh, wonderful skills and input from the women that I respected. Maybe it wasn't the whole package, but mm-hmm. it was part of it. And I was able to learn from those women um, the skills, the uh, impact that you could make as a leader, um, even if you weren't 100% the whole package. Right. I, I think that that when we want, when we really want to take on that role of a leader, we do just that. As we look at who, you know, who are the role models? Who can I emulate? Um, you know, they always told me uh, in corporate that you dressed 
for the position you wanted, not the position that you were in, which, of course, in my day meant that we wore bow ties. Um, yes, because, I wore those too. <laughs> yeah, I, I thank um, Diane Feinstein so much for the fluffy bow, though, so that it didn't have to be totally a man's bow tie. I'm noticing, though, and, and this is just a really side note, um, on, like, elementary, um, Lucy Liu, who plays um, Watson, is almost always in a very tailored suit with either a tie or a bow tie, which I think I is so retro. It's, it's just I did <laughs> notice that, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. It's like, are we stepping back into that? Um, so, Dr. Firestone, how has the world really changed in the last couple decades um, as far as accepting women presidents, uh, women CEOs, and women's on boards of directors as well? Because y- y- you mentioned how small that number is. It's like, what, 10 to 15% of those positions that are held by women? We're up to about 17 to 18% now, I think. That, that is the number currently, mm-hmm. okay. uh, although it's way below what, what we would want it to be. Uh, in fact, the recommendation is that every board should have at least three women on it because it's only when there are three or more that the women reach their full potential mm-hmm. in participation on the board, in their participation on the board. Was there not was there not one recently who had a, a a greater majority of women on their board and they recently fired them all? Oh really? I, I wasn't aware of that one. Who one of my I don't I don't remember who it was. It was one of my guests who said that and he said, you know, yeah, I I, I agree. I think women should be on the board. And, and there was this really forward thinking company who had, you know maybe half their board was women and then they just recently fired them all and brought men in. Well, that's and kind I of shocking. Yeah. And I thought, I, I don't remember who it was, but I just thought that, that was um, very odd and, and very, like, what happened? And he couldn't tell me. Anyway. Um, it so, seems very odd. The, the place where there has been the most improvement in terms of women on boards is in Europe, specifically mm-hmm. in France, where it's been mandated by legislation that there be 40% of the board members should be women. And there has been a a major discussion here in the U.S. on whether or not we should have quotas as well. And our um, assessment uh, or the the end of the discussion was that it wouldn't really work here because we're too independent (laughs) in the U.S. And I think that's probably true. Well, I, uh, quotas, I guess, to me, don't serve um, the women who end up getting uh, brought into the board because there's a re- I, I feel that there would be a resentment um, that they were chosen just because of quotas and not, I mean, they may be very skilled, they may be very knowledgeable and all that, but I think that stigma would always sit there as far as their decisions and, and their discussions and that kind of thing. Would you agree with that? Yes, I I. I think that, um, can you rephrase that last part of your question? Well, uh, quotas, I think, um, it, that one, it doesn't serve the person who is placed in the position because of the quota. And so right. um, it, it actually does a disservice to them and they're not listened to and they're resented for having been chosen for the quota purposes only. I think that has is a very important point, honestly, that 
you know, you don't want the women to be rejected based upon legislation that they didn't have anything to do with. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't want that to happen, but I can see that as a distinct possibility. Uh, yeah, because we've seen that in, in like medical school uh you know, bringing people into medical school who, you know, trying to do race, race equality, women's equality, and that kind of thing. And then we get lawsuits that the white males are being discriminated against. So because the schools have um, not a mandatory quota, but they have a recommended quota of how many should be there, um, it, it does a disservice not only to the person who's being brought in, but also the people who don't get in because of that. Well, you know, it's interesting because um, it does not reflect the fact these these quotas and participation must not have really resulted in significant change Mm. as we're still dealing with the fact that there's only 17% of the board seats going to women. So if we really are honest with ourselves... That's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So do you think it's possible that we're going to see an increase in women um, as CEOs on boards of directors um, outside of the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial world? I do think we're at a tipping point. Uh, I, I, I think we call it a meteoric shift in business. I do think there are many more women who own their own businesses Um, There are many more women who are uh, changing the landscape um, for the better. And I'm talking now specifically about business education um, because that's what the Women Presidents Organization does. We work with women who have million-dollar-plus businesses. We have 2,000 members, 137 chapters on six continents, And growing, 20% of our members are international. We have as our goal to help accelerate the growth of women's businesses. When we first started out and required that a minimum revenue of a million was uh, part of joining, um, people were not um, surprised that women, a lot of women did not meet that category. Uh, Mm -hmm. Only 3% of the women at that time were uh, over a million in revenues. Now, we have a program called the Platinum Program for $10 million plus businesses. Average revenues of those businesses are $47 million. To join, you have to be a minimum of $10 million. What's interesting about that is... When we first started that program about 2009, 10% of our businesses were at 10 million and above, the platinum businesses. Mm-hmm. Today, it's 25% of our wow. business. So that's been a huge change. I've been involved in the women's business community for 25 plus years. When I used to go and call on major corporations about providing sponsorship dollars, their eyes would glaze over. They were not interested at all. And today, 
there is an explosion of interest in supporting women who own and run and grow their own businesses. That's phenomenal. Um, when we come back in, in the next segment, I'd like to do um, sort of a deeper dive into, you have an education program as well. So not only do you have the Women's President's Organization, but there's also the Women's President's Educational or Development? Yes, yes, that's a different uh, organization that's part of the uh, regional partner organizations of the uh, WeBank Women's Business Enterprise National Council, and it's a certification effort. But I'll explain later. Okay, sounds good. Because one of the, the questions that I have for you, too, is how do we support younger women in their journey to the top leadership positions? So, audience, I want you to start thinking about that and what Dr. Firestone has said about women in key top C-suite positions and why we don't have more of them in there today. And on that, we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, 
please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back to Leadership Stars and my very special guest, Dr. Marsha Firestone. Now, Dr. Firestone, besides now being the president and founder of the American of the Women's Presidents Organization, she's also served as the vice president of the American Women's Economic Development Corporation and a national executive director of the of Women's America American ORT. Um, and she's also been the executive director of the Women's Economic Summit. Um, she's developed a plan that was presented to Congress to accelerate the growth of women's businesses. This is truly a woman who has owned her leadership, stepped up, stepped out, and stepped into it, and demonstrates it on a daily basis. So I'm delighted to have you, Dr. Firestone, on my show. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Linda. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here and to speak with you. Great. And we started talking about how we support younger women um, in their journey to top leadership positions. How do we go about doing that? Well, one very important way is to create uh, role models, mentors who um, can be influential in the development of the, women, of the younger women. Um, one other thing that we do, the Women Presidents Organization created mm-hmm. a foundation. It's called the Foundation of the Women Presidents Organization. And every year before our conference, we do a day-long program for younger and startup businesses that our members actually deliver and share with the younger women how to do it, how to grow a business, how to start it, how to accelerate that growth, how to scale that business. And it comes from women who have already achieved those goals. And so it's very influential and very helpful and probably um, extremely uh, important in their understanding of just-in-time business development. Um, So that's one way. There are lots of programs out there that address the needs for younger women, younger and startup businesses. And really, I encourage any women who are starting their own business or growing their own business to look at those organizations and participate. Many of the programs are free. Many of them are very reasonably priced. And it should be something that can help you accelerate the growth of your company. So, But they are for entrepreneurial women. They're not for, in quote, women who want to be employees. Aha. Uh-huh. So is there any kind of training opportunities for women who say, look, I, I really want the structure of a corporate uh, environment as far as how to move up within the corporate world? There are organizations that do that mm-hmm. and programs absolutely I'm not as familiar with them because I focus on entrepreneurial women and not mm-hmm. on corporate women and as I mentioned in the earlier segment um, it is the entrepreneurial women that I believe 
have the greatest opportunity to develop economic security, which is one of our main goals, developing economic security. I think that's so true that, again, you have more control, you have more influence when you own your own company versus within a corporate structure that has particular rules and regulations about promotion and moving up and um, and that kind of thing. I, I would totally agree. Um, plus, you get into, I think you get into that position where um, the pyramid gets so narrow at the top that if somebody doesn't retire, you don't move up. So you, you basically get to a particular spot, and that's as far as you can go, especially if the people who are in the positions that you're striving for are around your age. Um, the, the sense would be they're probably not going to retire either much before me or, you know, or at the same time. And so why, why not move out? Um, so... Dr. Firestone, why do you think that women are are really reluctant to step into the leadership that it takes to um, either step into a a corporate position or to step into the entrepreneurial world? Well, actually, women today own about a third of the small businesses uh, that exist in the U.S., Mm -hmm. Um, and that's about 30 to 35 percent. Uh, as confirmed by our census, which is done every five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that percentage um, indicates to us that women are contributing a great deal to the economy and to employment. Now, we at the Women Presidents Organization deal with second stage businesses. Those are the ones who are contributing to the economy and who have um, access to, who provide more employees, they hire more employees. So, but I would say that there's a growing interest for women in starting their own business. Uh, It's gotten a lot more attention. I don't know if you ever watched Shark Tank, but. (laughs) Yes. My husband and I watch it all the time because we love the stories. We love to see the women and the men um, starting out and and growing their companies. We think that that's a wonderful opportunity. Now, a lot of our women start out by going to work for corporations. And Mm -hmm. while in the corporation, they say to themselves, oh, my, I can do this. I can do it better. I can do it with more influence, more power. I can do it um, by controlling my time. I can make more money. And I think I'll, after having, what, maybe 10 years experience, 15 years experience, I'll go out on my own and start my own endeavor. And you know, they're, they're really achieving a great deal, a great deal more than I think... Um, we're even aware. I think that's so very true, Dr. Firestone. Um, I know from my my experience was I, I started out in the military, spent years there, retired as a major, was in the corporate world, <clears throat> rose to the illustrious rank of uh, vice president, which in my industry, you know, 
with 20 cents, you could buy two dozen vice presidents. Uh, and then I, I got to a place, I got I was laid off because of a merger, and being a, a VP, they didn't need me. Uh, and so I thought, you know, I can I can do what I do. At that point, it was training and development uh, and being able to organize and run events and that kind of thing. Uh, so I stepped into the entrepreneurial world at that time, too. I But I also think that many, and, and we've been, very successful. So I don't regret having moved there, um, nor do I regret all, all the stuff I learned, the mistakes I made, and realized that um, I could still be successful and that as long as I didn't repeat those mistakes, I was moving forward. I have a colleague who says, I probably made more mistakes than in this year than you all will make in your entire life. Uh, and, and I want you to learn from that, uh, which I think is is. It's a powerful statement because, again, it's something that women tend not to want to do. I don't want to make a mistake. I might ruin somebody's life. Um, and I, I also find, and maybe you can comment on this, is that oftentimes people step into entrepreneurship, especially if they're coming out of um, the trades um, and they're, they're looking at, you know, what their bosses do and they go, I can do that and I'm I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing. I, I'm, you know, I'm an electrician or whatever I might be. I can do this on my own and make more money. And what they don't realize is all of the other stuff that needs to be done when you own a business. It's not just doing the work, but it's prospecting, it's marketing, it's accounting, it's billing, it's all of that too. And so where they think that they're going to save all sorts of time, I'll have all sorts of free time, um, they find that that's trapped in those administrative tasks, right? Right, absolutely. And, I mean, they have to start out being the chief cook and bottle washer. Mm-hmm. And, and every part of the business. And then as they grow, they can add additional staff who can help them. But in the beginning, it's all them. And Dr. Firestone, I think I find it very interesting. Somebody said to me once, as an entrepreneur, build an organization chart of all the pieces that you need, all the positions that you need, and then take a picture of you with different hats on and put those pictures of you with those different hats (laughs) in, in the organization chart. Then as you can release one of those, you take your picture off and you put their picture on the organization chart and you begin to see how you're releasing those those pieces and you're growing and being more profitable and more influential in the industry. And I thought that was just a really, a superb visual to yeah. see how your company is growing. To remind you also yeah. how much you have on your plate. And, you know, the sooner you can develop a business that's, financially self-sufficient and and can support the um, addition of, of new employees who, who address the needs of the organization. And, and sometimes those needs are not visible until you are living it on mm. an, an ongoing basis. I mean, sometimes it becomes quite clear exactly what you need. For example, Social media, we had no need for social media about four years ago, but we certainly need it now. Oh, yes. Um, that's a huge, huge area of marketing now that if you don't have it, you're, you are truly lost in the dark ages, right? Right, absolutely. So <clears throat> we, we hired someone about four years ago, 
and it's been a significant factor in our visibility. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, so, Dr. Firestone, what qualities are you looking for in women um, that will show that they're able to function as effective and powerful leaders? Um, well, first of all, um, being able to communicate to their staff what the mission of the organization is and to have the staff not only recognize what the mission is, but really support it so that the mission is engaged by your staff and they are on the same wavelength as you are, Mm -hmm. both internally and externally. Sometimes our business owners don't realize that they are the main resource for conveying the message and the mission and the vision of the organization. Mm-hmm. So that's first and foremost. Um, okay. Secondly, um, I think it's very important to understand how to use your financial reports to run the business. A lot of people turn over the financial information about their company to uh, accountants, CPAs, and they kind of wash their hands. I've seen a lot of women do this where they drop the ball and they do not move ahead um, in um, using that information that's been developed for them to manage the company. Mm -hmm. So that's number two. Number three, I would say an awareness of um, what exactly they want to achieve each year. What are their major goals? How can they get there? Um, And finally, the willingness to build a team, Um, which is one of the ways I think that women differ from men, that women prefer to work with a team where the team buys into the decision-making and supports the decision-making, I think that that is an attribute that women have that they're able to, uh, to use in their business that I don't find as many men have that same ability. I would so totally agree with you on, on all four of those. Um, the whole vision, mission, goal piece, um, I think we, are, we as women are so much better at developing it, getting buy-in from the people in your, in your team, um, building that team, and understanding you know, how they align with you and what motivates them so that you can inspire um, them to be their best person and also to recognize whether they're right for your team. I always say, you know, hire people who complete you, that do things that you don't like to do, can't do, um, and it would take you, you know, months to make it happen when somebody else can do it in five minutes. Um, so that that building that team is very, very special. Um, and I, I also, uh, you know, we're looking at the male model of 
uh, leadership, which is more around command, telling, whereas the feminine side is more around asking, asking questions, building deep relationships, strengthening communications, which are all steps in the book I wrote, The Art of Hurting Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. It was, you know, here are 12 things that we, we as women are really good at and we really need to demonstrate. So, and Many of what you just brought up are in that book, and I want to thank you so very much for that. Uh, (laughs) So even though we haven't met, we could be friends. (laughs) We could absolutely. So, Dr. Firestone, how you you the what we see, uh, you know, especially if we come up the corporate ranks, what we see as leaders is that male model of command. So how how do we overcome the challenge of women using a more feminine model in? leadership and we can just start this conversation and we'll continue it in the next segment. Well, I think having role models who exhibit those characteristics of building a team, that is a key to repeating it um, when new business owners develop their own companies. Okay. And do you think you can find that in a corporate setting? I don't think so. I'm thinking more specifically about entrepreneurial businesses. Um, And I I don't think that the corporate women uh, fall into that category. Although building a team in corporations is also very effective. Okay. So audience, we're going to take a really short break here. And I'd like you to think about your ability to build teams and to have them stay because they're inspired, they're in alignment with the vision and the mission of the organization, and they have goals that will help move the business forward. And we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas, 
That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back to this segment of Leadership Stars, and I'm with my awesome guest, Dr. Marsha Firestone. Um, Something I didn't know about Marsha was she was an official U.S. representative to the OECD in 2003 in Turkey, the APEC Women's Network in Vietnam in 2006, and the National Women's Business Council. This is a woman who has influence across many areas of business, leadership, women, and has been highly successful in all of those and has had some really great things to impart to you about leadership and what's important in leadership these days for women. So welcome back, Dr. Firestone. Well, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you. You're so very welcome. So we were talking a little bit about the male model, which is more command, more telling. I know one of the things I find is when I use that model, especially as an entrepreneur, um, my team disappears. It's like they they melt out into the rain, and I don't know why. You know, oftentimes I'm not thinking as to why. And customers, clients have been what I love to call one and done. They do a project with us, and they never want to come back and see us again. Not because we didn't do a good job, but they didn't they didn't necessarily like the experience. So having shifted into the more feminine asking influence uh, with building relationships um, and and all of that, building the team, really having a team that hangs together and that, as you said, is part of the decision-making process has really turned my business around and has brought back clients that I had earlier who said, I really like this. I like what you're doing. The energy is just right. So, is that how women lead differently than men? Well, I certainly believe that's that's a big part of it. It's not the only factor, but I do think it's a big part of it. I think also women are willing to share leadership more easily than men. Not everyone. There's still many, many control freaks that we mm-hmm. have. <laughs> yes. But But there are those who are willing to step aside and say, um, I'll co-lead this with you, or even turn it over completely. I know someone that I respect said, my job as a leader is not to do all of the work or make all the decisions, but to step aside, give the skills and the 
the resources that the team needs, make them available, and then turn it over to the women to implement it. And yeah. sit back and really um, do, do less. It's, it's, it's easier in many ways. And certainly we know that research says that a team effort makes better decisions than an individual does. Mm, I so agree with that. Absolutely. Um, And I I do think we have a whole different take on leadership than the men do. And, And I'm, I think, but I think there's value in having pieces of both. Um, You know, there are things on the masculine side that really get the work done and on the feminine side to hang on to the relationships and the creativity around that. And and I think so that merging of both is important. It's a question of when do you use them and how do you use them effectively? Yes. Yes. I, I, I think so. I think relationships because so much of our business is about businesses today Mm -hmm. is about, um, professional services areas. We're, we're working with women who provide those services and who have teams who work on those services. And I think so much of it um, expects our women to contribute um, their, their skills and just to let the group make the final decision. Um, I, I see that as as a goal for many of our businesses, but I also see it happening in many of our businesses. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's powerful that you see um, change happening in the businesses. That they're not they're not stuck in one model, but they're actually looking at you know how can we improve, how can we get better, how can we be more cohesive as a team, how can we provide more service to our clients. Um, and that kind of thing. I, I I also, there's a piece in here that actually um, Bill Gates said um, back in the last century, and that to me sounds so funny, um, that in this century, uh, leaders would be those who empowered others. And I think what you're talking about, you know, in, in turning over the lead or whatever it might be, is part of that empowerment looking at your your team and saying, you know, who who needs certain skills? Who could you who could value from this experience or who has more experience and can teach others how to do things? And I, I believe that that's something that we are extremely good at uh, in developing our team. Would you agree? <laughs> I do agree. I do agree. Um, you know, I've been told that um Leaders, some leaders who understand what you've just described um, are able to say to the person or persons who are making decisions about moving ahead and making decisions about uh, steps um, for the business that they are allow the other members of the team to move ahead without them making the decision or um, making the the team um, work with with uh, with their their goals, their objectives. Relationships are so important today. I think that's one way 
that the world has changed, especially the world of business has changed, is that relationships, we want to be able to trust those professional services people who tell us things. Trust is a very important part of it. And if we have a functioning good team, then that trust can be let loose and we move ahead with with the project by trusting those people who are working on it. Yeah, and there are two points to that. Uh, I, I so agree. And and in network marketing or networking, they often say the people you buy from are those that you know, like, and trust. And so right. trust is very, very much. And I, I believe um, Stephen Covey, but it's the son, he said change moves at the speed of trust. So you know, trust is, is very, very, very key, I think. And I love the idea of, you know, just letting loose because you trust that it's going to happen and that um, you, you have no doubt about that. Um, and we talked about allowing others to move ahead and to be empowered. And I think that's, that's a key to, you know, sort of what's happening. But I also noticed that while relationships are very important, um, there's a sense in, again, younger people of a more superficial relationship. If we look at social media um, and, uh, you know, how many Facebook friends do you have? How many contacts do you have in LinkedIn? How many Twitter followers do you have or Instagram? And how well do you know any of those people? You know, is, is it just a, I can, you know, write a post and they comment or they like it or whatever, but there's no depth to that. So, and I've I've said this before, I think the scariest thing is to sit in a restaurant next to a couple who are obviously on a date um, and it's a very intimate moment and they're both on their phones. And the sad thing was they were actually texting each other because they couldn't have a, a normal conversation, a verbal conversation. It needed to be written. And I think that's something that needs to... to I, I guess it be addressed or looked at because if relationships are truly as important as we say they are, this is not supporting that. So WPO is a high touch organization and we plan to, to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. People often say to me, you know, don't you want to grow it to 10,000, 20,000, 30,000? No, because it will reduce the high touch aspects. Um, we believe um, at WPO that the relationship, if, if you have um, reached out to uh, members or sponsors or uh, clients and they um, are not as responsive, that perhaps the thing for you to do is to work on um, getting the um, getting the the these people to also become high touch. That is mm. to call, uh, pick up the phone and call. I always say, don't just send an email. Um, every I think our younger people want to do that. Want to just send an email and be finished with it. I know. I was shocked when my own married son was emailing his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I said to him, Darren, 
you mean to tell me that you can't pick up the phone and call your wife? He said, well, this is so much more efficient. Yes, it may be more efficient, but it eliminates the warmth, the personal connection that um, having um, high-touch experiences provide. Mm, so true. I, and I, I think it's sort of funny because I remember years ago when we just started with email, I kept saying to people, look, call me. It'll take us less time on a phone call. We can answer all this. We can we can move ahead and all that on a phone. And I still find the phone reduces the amount of time to get things done because when you send an email, you, you, you send an you know, like a message and then they send you something back and, you know, 50 messages later, you may have come to a conclusion that you could have done in five minutes on the phone. Right. Absolutely. So uh, very frequently I choose the phone (laughs) for the digital. Yeah. Absolutely. And to our staff, um, I, I think people like the personal connection. I think they do too. So, Dr. Firestone, you have a free gift for our audience. Would you like to share with us what it is? It's um, a book that we published here called The 50 Fastest Growing Women-Owned, Women-Led Companies, Guide to Growth. And it is a publication that focuses on a survey that we do uh, every year called The 50 Fastest Growing Women-Led, Women-Owned Businesses. And these are women from all over the world who would like to participate, who've sent in their application to be part of the 50 Fastest. And what we did is we took five topics and we um, selected uh, three or four women on each topic um, to uh, talk about some aspect of growing their business. So one aspect is sales. One is human resources. One is um, innovation. Um, One is, um, let's see, one other one. I left it out. Um, Innovation, sales, human resources, um, branding, and financing. So we took some of the winners to uh, participate in the 50 Fastest, and we told their stories. And so it's a great book that gives you strategies to accelerate the growth of your company. The women who won the 50 Fastest over the last 11 years, um, they have to be qualified for the ranking Mm-hmm. And they're, they're required to be privately held, women-owned or led, and to have reached annual revenues of a minimum of 500000 So our top women winner this year is at $2 billion, a woman. Wow, wow that's it, impressive. Yes, it really is. So, And her story is in here. And this is a woman's guide to scaling up in business. So if you want to grow your company... This is a great book for you to read. Fantastic. And you can find the link to that on the Voice Voice America Leadership Stars website under free radio gifts. And thank you so much, Dr. Firestone, for that. Um, As we begin to close, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, Could you give the audience just in wrap up um, one or two great tips that they can take and begin working on 
right now? Well, I think that you have to be, to be successful in this entrepreneurial business, you have to innovate continuously, not only your products and services, but your systems. You have to make creative changes that will help you to really be continue to be where you are. I, I, one, one aspect of disruption is in 1955, did you know that of the Fortune 500, um, a few years before, only 60 companies remain of the 50, the, the um, Fortune 500? Fortune right. 500, right, exactly. Okay. Only, only 60 companies. Okay, and Dr. Firestone, we're going to need to say thank you so very much for a marvelous interview, and I thank you for being on my show. And for my audience, um, if you'd like to talk more about Leadership Inspirations, The Art of Hurting Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders, or my boot camp coming up soon, please do send me an email at lynda at dare, the number two lead, with lynda.com. And until next week, remember, be courageous, dare to lead. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.